Hey everyone, this is Mathis. Thank you for listening to the uh, BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Always thank uh, those guys for making this thing happen. And uh, thank you for listening, man. Everything we put out, you guys seem to be loving it. And uh, it's great to have your feedback. And I just wanted to uh, record a little thing before this podcast. Uh, Mike Brown, the great Mike Brown. That's right. Uh, Brownie has probably been my hardest guy I've ever had to do a podcast with. I've been chasing him for a year, maybe longer. Um, one time when he was racing a few years back, when him and Dowd were racing, I interviewed him after a national, and he was – I didn't really know him that much. As you can hear in this podcast, uh, I didn't like him at one point for no reason other than he was just on an enemy team. But uh, I was interviewing him at a national one time, and at the end of the national when I stopped recording, he said, hey, man, good job on those podcasts. and. This is Mike Brown from Tennessee, an older guy. And I'm like, huh? You listen to podcasts? He's like, yeah, man, I like them. They're a good job with those. Those make, you know, when I drive and stuff, those pass the time. And I'm like, oh, wow. Would you want to do one? And he's like, yeah, anytime. But it wasn't anytime. Not at all. Because uh, Brownie must have probably missed, I don't know. 20 scheduled times with me, maybe maybe less, maybe 10 scheduled times. And I don't know, you know, he could have had things going on or whatever. I, I, I have no idea why, but he became the impossible podcast to do. And uh, he's busy. I'm busy. Uh, I forgot about it for months and months and hit him up every now and then. And he'd be like, yeah, 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 let's do it. I want to do it. Okay, Mike, call you tomorrow at 10 a.m. All right, cool, right. And then nothing, silence. So to do this now, um, and he did miss the first appointment we had to do this one again, but he uh, he got back to me and said, let's do it tonight, uh, a particular night at 9 o'clock, and boom, 9 o'clock at night, it happened. That's right, the Mike Brown podcast, the great Mike Brown. Think about uh, Brownie's career, uh, 125, a national champion after losing a pro circuit ride uh, about eight years earlier. Uh, quit the sport at one point after being dropped by Mitch Payton. Going to Europe like three times. Won that national title, like I said. Came back, won off-road stuff. He raced to his teammates with J-Law. Think about Mike Brown's career and the amazing things he's done in it. And in this podcast, you can hear he's a little understated on what he's accomplished and what he's done. And, and I think that uh, don't... Uh, don't sleep on Brownie and everything that he's done and, and off on and off-road, um, uh, or I should say motocross and off-road stuff. Uh, Mike Brown's done it all. He's ridden a lot of different bikes and teams and always put in a good performance, and he's got that, that 125 National Championship plaque hanging on the wall. So you know what? I don't care how long it took. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I stayed on him. I'm glad he agreed to do it because it's worth it. Mike Brown Podcast. BTOSports.com, Racer X. Here we go. Thanks for listening. A Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PulpMX at BTOSports.com and click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOSports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing, on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. BTOSports.com. Use the code PulpMX when you check out to save yourself money on uh, PulpMX or on BTOSports.com. Great uh, website. Uh, great guys. Supporter of the BTO Sports KTM team with Andrew Short and Justin Brayton. And, of course, Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. 2015 stuff out now. V3 Instinct Boot. Uh, um, fantastic new brand new helmet and uh, of course uh, the retro stuff that I think is probably sold out Dungey, Rocks and just a few of the guys that wear Fox Racing Foxhead.com uh, always continuing to elevate and innovate 
That's those guys. All right. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line. This has been a long time coming, everybody. It's finally happening. I can't believe it. Former national champion and uh, now turned off-roader, motocross legend, Mike Brown. Brownie, thanks for doing this. No, it's been, like you said, a long time, but I'm glad to be on here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, finally. Uh, I feel like a, a, a battered wife where, where I just keep coming back for more, and, and you let me down, and then I just come back, and you say, I'm sorry, let's do it. <laughs> and then finally. <laughs> you got to think Donks. Donks is the one that's got me on here, but no, I wanted to be on here. I'm just not a very good talker. So yeah. I'm ready. No, yeah, it's fun. Uh, um, I'm glad. Uh, you listened to some of these you told me one time. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I listen to them all the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was at Husky Airstand, and they had it on going on in there, and we were listening to it. And I was speaking when I was, Donks was talking to you, and we were all listening to you. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it's, it, you're one of the guys, one of the only guys I've, I've ever talked to who done one of these. And, and, and the funny thing is, is your career is, is, is amazing. I mean, when you're you're racing the motocross nationals in like oh five for rock star bills pipe suzuki did you ever think that in 2015 you'd still be racing at a high high level only in off-road i mean it's, it's uh quite a second career you've you've built yourself here oh for sure like i said when i left europe in oh eight i think it was i thought my career was done mm-hmm. i never thought i'd still be going another seven years on off-road you know it's it's been a really good change for me and i enjoy it a lot you uh um what got you into it how did it happen like okay so you're done with moto uh you're home you're sitting in tennessee how does it like come to you and and, and the weird thing is is you don't even do the gncc series which is you know around your neck of the woods how does the off-road mike brown start Started and like I said, oh eight. I finished in Europe doing the World Championship. I rode for Honda there, and then I came. I was on the plane flight home, and I get home and turn my phone on and Tri Cities there, and then mm-hmm. Kurt and Nicole gave me a call from KTM to come and go in to try the work series, and you know I had nothing going on, so yeah, I tried that there and had a good race, and it kind of just rolled on from there. <laughs> I did good, and then they signed me up for next year for the work series, and mm-hmm. kind of kept going and. I mean, it's like I said, it's been great. Yeah, I mean, and also, too, like you're making good money at it again. You know what I mean? Probably better money now than you were making in the later years of your moto career. Like, it's got to be great. you yeah. you got to be so pumped. Yeah, it is. I guess it's, I think this is my last year, so, it's, yeah, it's been good. Like, I've not – like I've, it's more laid back. You don't – there's yep. not as much pressure as there are for Supercross and motocross, which mm-hmm. I like because I'm older and I don't really want to go out there and stress on doing triples and quads and all that there. So Right good to be doing what i'm doing <laughs> yeah yeah um so did you i mean did you have a passion for off-road did you do any off-road races ever until kurt mm-hmm. nicole called you yeah i mean i was yeah probably back in 92 or 3 i did a gncc near my, near my home there okay but i've always rode in the, the woods i've done local hair scrambles and stuff like that okay. All forever right. really but the, i've always wanted to do it but i didn't ever think i'd have a chance on being like on a factory team doing it but yeah it's worked out um Works racing or enduro cross or, or not? Uh, yeah, yeah. Works or enduro cross. What or is there another thing that you like the best? What's your favorite uh, stuff to compete in off road? The works was fun because it always had some motocross in it and it had some off road, you know, deserty top stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that a lot. It just you know everybody pulled out kind of, and then then enduro cross only. I guess I'm lucky that enduro cross came along and mm-hmm. I did okay at that. I'd probably be out of a out of a ride, but for me, Enduro Cross is good. You know, you get there yeah. in a day, and it's one day race. It's kind of like Supercross, you know, practice and race, and you're out there, and it's not a whole weekend thing yeah. to, to do. You know, you're, you're in and out. It's gnarly, too, for people who haven't done it. I mean, I've never done it, but I've talked to people who have. Your heart rate's got to be, you know, 190, 200, and it is a lot of work, isn't it? It is. Like I said, I was talking to somebody today, it's <laughs> Supercross, and it's hard, and I'm out, I think it's probably the hardest sport ever, but for me, is because I'm not, I'm not. I guess I was calling myself not good at it. I, I, it's hard for me to do in Daryl Cross, and mm-hmm. you know, and you never get no rest. You, there's no jumps to jump really high to take a breath. You know, it's obstacle after obstacle, getting stuck, picking your bike up out of the rocks or the whatever. It's always something there, but it's yeah, it's it's really intense. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, it's cool too, um, with Husqvarna coming on board as part of KTM, a separate company, but some tie-ins with KTM. You've kind of been chosen as a 
you know, the lead man Husky off-road division. It's got to be pretty cool for you. Oh, it is. It's good. Like I said, you know, when I switched to Husky, that was the whole mm-hmm. the whole plan for me to be there for a while. And, yep. you know, now I'm kind of switching over now to be this year. I'm going to do a few of the dental stuff for the dealers and all that. Mm-hmm. Kind of work myself into that hopefully next year. But it's a good company. And I'm yeah. glad to be a part of it when it's, it's fresh and it's new and everything's getting built up now. Yep. Are you going to do Enduro Cross again this year for your last year? Yeah, yeah, all enduro cross and then kind of selected races. Yeah, yeah. Some enduros and GNCC, but I'd like to do Muddy Creek National. That'd be a good one to finish on. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, is your schedule clear for that one? Do we know yet? Um, Because Mike Brown needs to race Muddy Creek National. You have to race Muddy Creek National. That would be a great one to retire on that. But, yeah, I've not checked. I haven't really. I don't even know when it is, Muddy Creek. I mean, (laughs) I I haven't even looked. I know it's in June, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were always the first year we had Muddy Creek. We're like, where'd Brownie finish? We're, uh, we're like six five, probably right now. Probably could show up right now and finish six five without even practicing. <laughs> um, uh, it it is, and you know, in your career, we just talked about how amazing it is, and how um how varied it is. And here's a going back in the time machine now, back to a young Mike Brown. Um, uh, you at one point. Like you're kind of a, a real good amateur. You're coming up. You uh, you do really well uh, uh, as an amateur guy. Um, you pick you you win a race in '91. You won a what, Pontiac. Was that '91? No, I think that was '90. Uh, no, '90. I don't know. Yeah, '90. Well, the point is, 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 I don't know if this was for. After before I went to peak, I'm not sure that. Oh, okay, yeah, the peak was ninety two. Could have been ninety three. It might have been ninety three. Ninety three. You you actually yeah, quit I racing. I lost the ride. Uh, yeah, oh, it wouldn't have been ninety three. Then it had to be ninety four. Ninety four. It was ninety four. It was hundred percent ninety four. Ninety four. So, so you I went... did my own thing. Ninety four. Then ninety five was on our Honda Choi. It was ninety four. Um, so looking back on it, I mean, uh, after you got dropped by Mitch at peak, um. You kind of quit the sport for a little bit. You started working at Jim's uh, Motorcycle there. Yeah, I worked there for four or five months and kind of regrouped, really. I didn't yeah. like making $175 a week. <laughs> <laughs> so I started training and yeah. just, I started training, just bicycling. And I've uh-huh. never done a lot of it. So I just bicycled and bicycled. And then I started racing a few races and it, I seen that it helped. And just mm-hmm. from there on, you know, I decided I'll start back racing. And in 93, I raced cars. I raced dirt track late model cars for a whole year in 93 and go-karts and yeah, yeah. whatever and a little bit of motorcycles but the, just the training the bicycle and helped me and then i started racing again at the big races and doing better and then kind of yeah yeah work my way back up <laughs> it, it, phenomenal story because i mean you were you know basically done um coming up yeah. through amateurs um obviously i well your big rivals big bird uh, uh bradshaw um those kind of guys Late eighties, that yeah. was that, that was uh, that was a pretty stacked class. I mean, definitely. I remember one of the first times I ever heard of you. You beat a couple of those guys at one of those uh, big gun shootouts or something down south there, and uh, people were like, "Oh, who's this Mike Brown guy?" <laughs> yeah, that was a Muddy Creek, I think, a mm. Top Gun showdown or something like that. But, yeah. yeah, they're all there. Um, so looking back with Mitch, uh, how do you get that ride with Mitch? What happens? He he, he just reaches out and. Says, hey, you want to come on the team? Did you? He did my bikes that year, you know, before, and I just aggravated him until I think he gave me the ride, and then <laughs> I didn't really know what to do, and I got it, and I called every day before, and now uh, he gave me a call back next week or trying to figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Each week I'd give him a call and call him, and you know, come on out to California and ride the bike and do this and that. So I did everything he said, and then I uh-huh. got the ride, and then from there on out. I thought I had it made, you know, yeah, I'm a yeah. superstar now. I don't have to do this and don't do that. But I didn't really never know how to train. I never rode supercross really until yeah, I, I never really had a supercross track ever in my whole career really. So it was, <laughs> I just didn't know what to do and I lost a ride there and then yeah, starting over again. Yeah. It's crazy. Like usually, you know, back, especially back then, Mitch dropped you, you know, you didn't usually reemerge yeah. anywhere, you know, cause people were like, ah, oh, he didn't, couldn't, couldn't win at pro circuit. You know, how can he win with, yeah, with me, but um, um, remarkable. Yes, yeah, so you quit the sport a little bit. You're racing cars, and all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, let's try this motocross thing again." And then you win a supercross, like crazy. Um, and like you said, you just didn't really know, I guess, right? With Mitch, like you didn't really kind of know what the gig was, right? No, no I didn't. Like I didn't. 
you know, if I'd had a trainer or somebody tell me, I didn't have no guidance. You know, my dad just <laughs> go out and run, go run 10 miles or five miles or whatever. And then yeah. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't ride the motorcycle enough. When I was in California and I stayed, I did. But when I was at home, I didn't really have a place to ride supercross. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's what hurt me. And then before outdoors, I didn't lost to ride. So then I was back on like a stock shot bike and, you know, it wasn't very good. And Oh, so, so you didn't make, good, but, you didn't make the outdoors with Mitch. I didn't know that. No, I got before the Nationals, or yeah, right after Supercross. I, I, I did the first one. I did Sacramento. Okay. And it was how I did there if I got to go on, and I didn't I didn't do <laughs> like I should have. Uh, so back at Jim's motorcycle sales and yeah. riding the bike. Just insane. Um, and so, yeah, you started riding your bicycle, and that helped you a lot in getting in shape. And then winning Pontiac, I mean, I, I've watched that race. We watched it together, actually, when we were in Geneva one time. And, um, yeah, I remember you. It was, it was like, like, Straight up, just see you later. I mean, it was good, great race, but you do. What do you remember from that night? Uh, just the ruts. I mean, that was <laughs> the ruttiest track I think I've ever ridden. And yeah. now you see, actually, now they're never like that. And just getting a start and doing the triple every lap, trying to do the triple. That was like back then. It was, <laughs> it was huge. That was huge. Triple <laughs> under 125. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, a, I think, the reason that maybe I won the race. I was just hitting the triple every time and trying to do that. But uh-huh. uh, that was a. For sure, that's a good win for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and again, like think about that nowadays. A, a guy in a van wins the Supercross main event, which is what you were. You know, um, yeah, nowadays. I by myself with a mechanic and myself and then won the race. Right, right, yeah. Um, so Flipper, how does Flipper uh, hire you at Honda Troy? How does that? He, did you know him before? Or just a guy comes up yeah. in an Elvis costume and hires you? Yeah, I mean, kind of, I've just known him from the track when they first started with Todd DeHoop and all that. And, mm-hmm. and halfway through the year there, and I was doing good, I kind of switched over to their team and started just, they gave me they gave me help. I didn't really switch over. They gave me a bike, and Dean Baker there was helping me some on the side and getting my bike going. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I did good at the Nationals that year. And so then just kind of switched over for the next two years with them. And you won Washougal in, oh, 95, yep. or I think maybe 96. No, 95, yep. I think. Um, it was '95, yeah, my first national win. And now you were figuring things out, huh? Now you were, um, um, you know, kind of realizing, hey, I can make a career out of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and even when I went to Honda Detroit, I think the next year, '95, Sweet was on the same team, and I yeah. ended up going to Florida and staying with him some, and you know, just watching, you know, being around people and mm-hmm. just kind of learning myself and being around them, riding and doing that. And I stayed with Swing there for a while, and he helped me a lot. And then, you know, then kind of went back to my own thing back home and finished that year out pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm riding with Swink. I mean, I went. to, Geez, it would have been '97. I was working for Birdwell, a privateer guy named Birdwell, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we knew Brian a little bit, and went down to Florida. And he, this was near the end of his deal. And uh, man, could he was he he was still so talented. His practice track there. Like kind of in the woods in the sand or whatever. It was gnarly. Yeah. Like it was crazy. It was. It's a big triple downhill. Remember the triple down? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, Brian was at the end, you know what I mean, when we when we were hanging out with him and he was still so talented. So good. Yeah. He is. He, he was awesome. Um we'll get more into the Honda Troy stuff and Yamaha Troy stuff later, but um the Rinaldi ride, how did that come about going to Europe? Uh, didn't have anything. The '97, I think. I'm trying to think of when. When did Yamaha Choi go Yamaha Choi? Uh, I think '98. I think '98. Uh, maybe no '99. No '99. No '99. Yeah. Okay, '97. I didn't have no ride. I came off of. Uh, oh, that's right. I pointed out. I think at the 125. Okay. I didn't have a ride going in '97, and then Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore called me when he was in Europe and knew that I didn't have anything, and I never. Really knew Bobby Moore really, so right. he just called me and got me in touch with Ronaldo and said they're looking for a rider and kind of from there I went over to Bologna Supercross end oh. of the year and you know met with them and did the race and signed the contract there and in '97 I was over there racing with them and it's probably one of the most professional teams I've been on and like really nice people there and I enjoyed being with those guys. Yeah, and you had you been to Europe much at this point? Uh, no, not really. Not no. racing. You know, yeah. just. A couple like the Supercross stuff that we go to, but never right. World Championship motocross stuff like that there at all. Um, who are you racing? Pit Byer, uh, Bravotes, F1, 
Stefan Everts, uh, Bavotes. And uh, how'd you do? I don't remember. Pretty good. I mean, oh, I went to the I went to the first like preseason February mm-hmm. in um, <laughs> Beaucaire. Yeah, Beaucaire. Yeah, France. Yeah. Yeah, I went there and it's like a two race moto, and I won that race like. I won it pretty easy in a couple of motos or whatever, and one overall. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm gonna be world champion this year. <laughs> that didn't work out very good. <laughs> you, you didn't. But it was good. Yeah. I, it, was, it was not good like the whole year. I just well, first before the first race, I had a big crash hurt my back. But oh, okay. That didn't hold me back. I mean, it was just it was just different. And then guys go race the main races. That's when they they count. But yeah, it was good. I had a couple good rides. So I just yeah. It's the first time really I've ever rode a big bike so much like that too that year, and it was it was an awesome bike. I just kind of didn't do what I should have done. I mean, I did my training and riding, but I just wasn't fast enough. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, probably made pretty good money though, right? Probably probably was a good deal that way for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, it was good, and like yeah, a lot of teams over in Europe, it's hard to get your money. And this team here was straightforward. Everything. Yeah. And I still speak to the guys and. Like I said, it was a professional team. Yeah, yeah, and you did. I think you did Unadilla that year, didn't you? You came over and did Unadilla National. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Went like yeah, five twenty-five. I think Unadilla and Troy, Ohio. I think those. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like you were, um, uh, kind of with an eye still about coming back. Like you weren't really thinking, like, "Hey, I'm going to settle in Europe at all," were you? Like you Not still really? Yeah. No, I didn't plan on it. No, I mean, when I came back to race, I think that's when. I guess Kia was at Honda Troy, and they seen I did pretty good on 125. And I went back over to Europe to finish out the year over there. And then mm-hmm. a couple, probably August or something, I get a call from Kehoe asking what I want to come back and race there in the 250 Supercross and 125 Nationals. And uh, I was for sure, and I was kind of yeah. you know, homesick. I was, I wouldn't took anything, and I was like, yeah, sign me up. I'm coming back. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. So yeah, you came back yeah. to Honda Troy because you, you'd point, you've been able to race now because you didn't race for a year. So your points were reset or whatever, right? So, no, I had to ride the two fifty super. Oh, you did. Then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did ride it. Yeah, I rode the two fifty and one twenty five outdoors in oh ninety eight. Ninety eight, which uh, Honda one twenty five is not very good in ninety eight. Not a great bike. No, no, it was a it wasn't a good year on the outdoor stuff on that. No, no, I um, I worked at you know, our FMF Honda in ninety eight, and our bikes were bad. I mean, they tried, they worked on them, but it wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so ninety nine, back to Europe for you, right? Yeah, for the cat Thorpe, caterpillar, the cat team. team. Yeah. <laughs> um, how'd that come back together, and why'd you go back? You just like, hey, you gotta make a living, well, right? Yes, hey, yeah. From ninety seven, I was on uh, the Honda Troy thing. It, that's when they switched to Yamaha. I had a mm-hmm. had a deal, and everybody, Kehoe and Phil all said, "Oh, we, you're you're staying on with Yamaha. I'm doing yep. this." But then it came down to the last thing, and they. Couldn't do anything because it was all a two, uh, 250F team, and I was back out of a ride again, and it was like scrambled around to try to get a ride. And yeah. Kind of, again, Bobby Moore helped me again get in with Dave Thorpe, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was back to Europe again for two years on the Caterpillar team. This is you, Dob Langston, 125 Nats, 125 uh, GPs, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. Um, That's pretty deep. And that- uh, Coyote, too. The first year of that Coyote kid. Oh yeah, Kiko, yeah, Kiko, yeah, Kiko Kiko. on the on the Husky. That was probably a one eight yeah. a, a one eighty. God, that thing seemed fast yeah, back then. Maybe a little bigger, yeah, two hundred. Did didn't it was it just me or did? Because I remember watching highlights and that thing looked so fast. Oh, it was. You should have heard it. it was, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know what's <laughs> funny? You. What's funny is around this time, uh, you're dicing with a, some stupid kid from South Africa named Grant Langston, probably thinking, whatever. And then we yeah. know what happened two years later, you know. So, yeah, um, exactly. Now, is it true that in oh, I think it was oh one, did you have a, 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 a like a shootout at the Yamaha track for the four stroke ride? It was you were button, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what year that was. Was it? I thought it was oh one. I think that's another Kawasaki. It might have been oh oh or oh one, but yeah, it might have been two thousand because I think I came from Europe to try that. And I was in Europe. And I came home and I tried the bike there when I was at home. And, and they yeah, it was me button and I don't remember who else it was. And I met, the story I heard it was literally whoever has the best lap times were taking him on that day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like no other thoughts into this. Whoever's fast on this day gets the ride, which it's is insane. Right? It's kind of insane to think like that a little bit. But yeah. Um, 
So you're living in England, which is probably a little easier than living in Italy or Belgium or wherever, right? When you're when you're riding for cat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the food and the language and it was all much easier there. Yeah. How is Thorpe? How's that? How is that to work with Thorpe? He was good. Yeah, no, he was. He was good. He helped a lot. And yeah, I think this time in Europe, I mean, it was a big change for me in my career too. I think going there, racing those guys, and I was in the class I should have been that helped me. You know. With my career, like like racing wise, like I learned how to corner better and do other stuff better, and training wise is different. So, mm-hmm. I mean, those two years is a, a big change for me, and you know, and what's got me this far, I think. Yeah, and you got to ride in the mud and the sand on the hard pack. You know what I mean? Like it was kind yeah. of a a real. It wasn't just going to Muddy Creek every weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, like I lived in in England and it rained a lot, so I rode in the sand the morning. I did anything and. Yeah, you know, when I did come back to, back to America, you know, I could ride mud pretty good, and I was better in the sand than I ever was. So it was a yeah. a big deal for me that two years. So how does the Peyton ride come back? It, 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 uh, nine years later, Mitch hire, rehires you after after your disaster. <laughs> that that had been pretty uh, weird, or, or how was that getting back with Mitch? No, it was good. Like I've always been friends with Mitch, and since since back then, and I never had nothing against him when mm-hmm. let me go and I understood it and it was in my contract too if I didn't do this or that I was gone so no it was good I think I, I had a manager I had Ricky's team uh, manager to help me get on with Mitch and you know he did more than I did and you know Mitch got a hold of him and kind mm-hmm. of went that way so yeah. it, was a, it was kind of a big deal too because I was in England I had a ride because KTM was coming back in 2001 and yep. speaking to Kurt and I had a letter of intent and all that there with KTM and, you know, this all Mitch. And I, I was nervous. I never knew much about KTM. They were great in Europe and yeah. great in America too. But I just last minute switched to, to Mitch's team and, you know, it wasn't a good sign over there at KTM, you know, that I did that. So. Yeah. Well, and also uh, Mitch was trying to get Langston, you know, like it was a little yeah. like, like I remember because I was at KTM then. I was working for Kelly Smith and yeah. uh, they were trying to get, we were Mitch was trying to get Langston. KTM had the the right of first refusal. You were in the mix to come over. It was it was like a very uh, a weird deal. And then you two end up fighting for the championship that year. You know, so yeah. Um, but getting back on the Cowie 125 and riding with Mitch again. You, I mean, again nine years later, you knew what kind of bikes they were and what kind of program they were. But at the same time, you you had been felt like you again had another life in motocross, you know what I mean? Like, what an opportunity again. And, I mean, I don't know how old you are at this point, but you've traveled the world. You've, you've lost in rides. You've worked at a dealership. You drove cars. And here you are on the premier team in the 125 class in America. So. No, for sure. I was thankful for that. And I was like, a, yeah, I had a great bike and a great team. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see his results when I'm in Europe watching. I'll see the bikes. I'll see everything. And, you know, KTM was not at their factory. They were, like you said, you work with Kelly, and he won a race, I think, that year. Yeah. And I was, like, about to go crazy and what to do, and so I went with Mitch, and, you know, it was good for me and yeah. Mitch's team, and I did good, and, you know, it's... Well, um, I can I can vouch that Mitch back then was more of a team than KTM was, because I was there when it started, and, yeah, you know, yeah. there was a lot of rebuilding. It wasn't the team that was in Europe over here yet. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, yeah. Um. Hey, how did you become friends with RC and start riding down there and all that? When would this happen? How did that How did that come together? I'd always been friends with him when he used to come to Muddy Creek, and I'd go to Florida Winter Series. I've seen him since he's on 65, you know, and mm-hmm. talked to him and knew him. And I don't really know how I ended up down there. I don't know who <laughs> I talked to to get there. Yeah. But I started coming down there when I was in 99, when I was on – in 2000, when I was on the cat team. I'd go down there and stay during the wintertime. i just ride motocross right. by myself. He'd be riding Supercross, but right. And then 2000 or 2001 on Cali, it was like it's kind of Mitch. If I wasn't down, there, if I wasn't with Ricky training, then Mitch wasn't happy with me. So I had to be down there. That was, you know, I literally stayed down there for for like six years with Ricky. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing. It's if I wasn't for Ricky and his family and Eldon and all those guys when I was racing, I I would have never done what I've done neither. You know. Yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest things that's ever helped me too is being in there training and riding with those and things can only make you better. Phenomenal work ethic. Uh, part of it because uh, probably just to piss Jeannie off because they would get in fights and stuff. But um, uh, amazing, amazing amount of work ethic going down there by by Carmichael, wasn't there? 
Yeah, I mean, it's 8 to 5. I was on my bicycle every morning at 8 o'clock, Monday, Friday. Yeah. Even on the race, games, I was on doing training, but yeah, bicycle, home, eat breakfast, to the track, 10 o'clock, you're there right. till one thirty or 2, uh-huh. and straight to the gym, and then you're back home by 5 o'clock, and then in the bed by 7.30, 8. <laughs> and, and, that was, and, and you did exactly what Ricky did? Like, you were on the same thing? Or did yeah. you? Yeah. Same thing, yeah, exact same thing. Oh man! And people, uh, people, he was doing drugs. He was doing, I mean, I lived in his house. I seen everything he'd done. Yeah, it's just hard work. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's all it was. And yeah, and, and and again, from a kid who uh, eight years earlier never trained at all, now you're like maybe one of the hardest working, most fittest guys around. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy training. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was hard back then, and like you said, when Ricky and we'd always say, "Man, it's Thursday or Friday, we're going to race." It's like you get on an airplane, sit down, it's like you're going on holiday, you know? <laughs> Hard work Monday, Thursday, Friday, and then the weekends are easy. And it's yeah. that's how it was. It's like you get to a race, you know, man, two motos, it's it's easy. We've done seven or eight this weekend and this week, and it's, mm-hmm. the weekends come easy for you. Yeah, no doubt. I remember we went down there in 99. I was working for Red Red Dog, and we went down there. Yeah. And it was, it was I don't know, it was, it was international, so it was June, July, whatever. Three thirties on a sand track, and I'm just like mm-hmm. Timmy did two and a half, Ricky did all three on a KX125. I'm just like, this kid's gonna die. It's 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 Florida in yeah. June or July, you know, just just mm. nuts, man, crazy. And if all the lap times, if all the lap times ain't equal or yeah, it should be another one. I know. Did you do the turn tracks and all that thing? The whole all the drills yeah. and everything. Everything ten laps. You don't do ten ten the same time, and you're going to start over and do it again. Uh, it all again. That's funny. You're you're like a grown man. You're a grown man, and Jeannie's yelling at you. I can just picture. Oh yeah, <laughs> screaming. Hey, this is more screaming at Ricky. It was, it was it was hard. It was like I look back now, and I wouldn't change it for nothing. Yeah, like it was, yeah. It was great. Were well, you married at this point too? Probably. You were probably married. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah exactly. It was yeah, like I was married. My wife was at home, and she was in college then. And, uh huh. Yeah, it was, uh, this lady is screaming. Like this lady is screaming yeah. at me, and I'm a grown man. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> um, that summer at 2001, man. Like I said, I was on KTM then, and the program had stepped up from 2000. Kelly won in 2000. It yeah. was kind of, kind of a little cheese ball. But in 01, Langston came over. Harry Nolte came over, who you know from Europe, and um, you know we got a little more serious with our program. And you and Pastrana. And GL uh, went at it um, for for the yeah. uh, for the title. It was uh, it was something else, man. What a summer that was! And God, Brownie, we hated your mechanic. He was from England, and we hated that dude. Steve. Yeah, his name was Steve. That's right. And and well, we also didn't like you either. But um, right. th- that was gnarly. At times, it got it got intense, didn't it? It was. It's like the Supercross now, the West 125 or 250F Supercross. I know. It's like you know, every week it was. You know, it was, it was good. Like at the time, it was it was intense. But now you look back, and it's that's the best kind of racing. I think. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's, you know. Oh yeah. Still good friends at Lincoln and whoever. I don't have nothing against nobody. And I mean, that was that was awesome. Like, yeah. I, you no. Go back to watching it. Some of the best racing still to watch. You know. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. You know, you get uh, you get in the heat of the moment. The teams all. I mean, I, I didn't care. I wasn't working for GL, and but you know, you get into it, and. and uh, and little little psychological games in practice, and uh, you and GL going yeah. at it, and the mechanics barking at each other, and Mitch, yeah. um, you know, doing his thing, and yeah, it got it got gnarly for sure at times. So you know, yeah. um, that that uh, I, I think there was a Binghamton. Did you park GL in Binghamton, or did he hit you? It got nuts at Binghamton. Yeah, it was both. We I kind of bumped him on the first lap. I come before you come back down the mechanics area, the triple down. Yeah, the triple down. Yeah. Before the- over near the trees over there's like a, a corner jump yeah remember if you come near the trees you kind of jump back up to the middle mm-hmm. and i jumped inside of him i didn't really hit him much and then he ran me and they were ran ramming each other and then yeah it was hey and with that let's go to uh let's go to commercial break here on the uh btosports.com racer x podcast show presented by thorimx listen to these commercials and uh support us so we can keep talking thanks guys thanks for listening to these podcasts everybody i appreciate it. this is mathis Hey, did you guys know that chances are the bike that's in your garage needs some sort of suspension work? I guarantee you, 74.3% of you listening to this either need your suspension oil changed, 
you need to get proper springs for your size or speed, or you need your bushings, or your bushings are worn out, or something is going on with your suspension. Don't neglect your suspension. Enjoy your ride. And the best way to do that is by sending it to the folks at Racetech. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket uh, suspension mod company. They've been doing this stuff since for 30 years, people. They've been uh, in business. Of course, they've worked with some of the world's best riders. Right now, they're each setup and product is 100% guaranteed. They're made in the USA. Vince Freeze uses Racetech suspension to get third overall in uh, last year's 250 E-Series. Cody Gilmore, Jimmy Dakotas, they're all on uh, Racetech suspension. It's privateer proven. They've offered a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. They're high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for the rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. Pulp MX-15 saves you 20% at Racetech, Racetech.com. Vintage stuff also available. Anything to do with suspension, these guys can do it. Trust me, tune up your ride. You need it because you know it's been sitting in the garage. You haven't serviced it for a long time. Just do it. Use the code. Save yourself money. Thanks to Racetech for supporting all these podcasts. Do it. Racetech. Do it. Really nuts, uh, insane stuff. The uh, uh, Steel City, too, of course. Uh, um, I think was GL 6-up or 4-up on you. I don't remember what it was. And Ricky, yeah, Ricky drops down, and uh, I remember uh, Andrew Langston, who, who's you know who's a friend of yours now and a friend of all of ours. Mm. He's Ricky drops down, and he tells us there is no way that Carmichael can match the level of Brownie and Grant. They are just they're too high of a level. And I'm just like, are you serious? This is Ricky Carmichael. <laughs> I'm like, and he's yeah. and he's buddies with Brownie, and we're in a lot of trouble. Like we're this is not this is not going to work out well for us, um, and uh, and um, Grant broke the wheel. You won the national title, um, which is just like again, like we talked about, it, phenomenal summer and lots of drama, and great racing. Um, but you yourself winning a one twenty five national title. How old were you? Probably twenty seven, twenty eight. I'm forty two now, so it's okay, twenty years ago. 13. So it was, it was thirteen. So yeah, you were maybe twenty nine. Um, a guy who had uh, been quit the sport, got fired from Mitch's team, had to go to Europe, which is basically like going to jail for two years. Um, uh, you go and win the national title. What did that feel like, man? How was that? Um, biggest thing forever for me. It's mm-hmm. unreal that, like you said, I went through all that stuff. You know, it's different if a kid came, did it the first year, or second year in racing, but mm-hmm. all I went through to get there was. That was what it was worth, you know. It's, yeah, it was great, like just to get that. Like I never thought five years before that I'd ever be right. challenging for another. You know, at twenty nine, I thought my career's on a downhill slide quick. You know, and then mm-hmm. I just kept going. Really, um, yeah, it had been it had been just a, such a neat feeling. Did you know? I don't think I've ever talked to you about this. Did you know GL was out? Did somebody tell you with the wheel? Uh, you know, when I caught him, I, I could tell something was going on. Okay. You know, when I caught up, to him, yeah, I knew something, but I just thought it was a flat tire, and I thought maybe you know, you know, he can keep going pretty good just to keep enough points to stay with me. But yep. then I came back around, and then they wrote he was out of the race, but I didn't know what was going on really. Right. I just, then I, yeah, I seen him. He's, I think he pulled over behind the start line or something, and I seen him sitting there. Oh, okay. And then it was, man, mine's going to be next, so I just kind of <laughs> took it easier. Well, not take it easy, but like. Everything's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh man, this is this is getting weird, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a pretty pretty cool deal for you to win a national title, no doubt about it. Even though, like I said, we all didn't. Yeah. You know, your mechanic though, he was a shit stirrer, Brownie. Come on, he was. Oh, yeah. he, was. <laughs> he was like that in England too. Was he same same idea, same deal? <laughs> yeah, he still is. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You still talk to him? Is he still around? Do we know? Oh, I haven't seen. I talked to him about a year or two ago, and he was somewhere over in China or somewhere working on them bikes. Oh, really? Kind of work over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard in a while, but yeah. Right. Um, so you ride for Mitch for – oh, and also too, Brownie. Oh, man, you you must have parked Kelly Smith, my rider. You must have hit him. You must have hit him 20 times in two years that I worked for him because – you know, you would get a bad start in Supercross. This is more Supercross than Outdoors, because Outdoors, you were better than him. But uh, in Supercross, you wouldn't get a good start. Here you come through the pack, just nailing him in berms. And I'm just like, stop it, Brownie. Stop hitting him. He- You're faster. Let him 
It used to just get me so mad because, <laughs> I mean, how else are you going to pass in Supercross, right? But uh, just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, here comes Brown. God damn it. Here he comes. It was always him and Buck Sellers I'd have to or try to pass. Or, yeah. Always. I always near them guys. Yeah. Hard. Right. It was just like, you know, I ride the track without people getting around. There's no <laughs> way you could pass. <laughs> and it makes you laugh right now because I don't know how much you follow the Supercross series now. It sounds like you're still watching it. You have to laugh at some of yeah. this shit going on right now. You're like, that's not even racing, guys. Let me show you racing. Uh, yeah, it is. It, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the black flag thing, were you were you as amazed as all of us? Were you shocked like all of us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. They should have did whatever after the race, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, listen, I've had Damon Bradshaw try to break my tib fib in every turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What before we go? I don't get anything. Before we go too far, give me your best Bradshaw story. Do you have one? An angry Bradshaw coming after you? Oh yeah, local race, Muddy Creek. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I beat him there. We were racing battle, and he wasn't happy, and just went to and back at me. <laughs> and you're and like, just, <laughs> yeah. You're but like, I still speak to him all the time. I see him, and he's awesome. But yeah, I just. I'm the same way. Like, I would be the same way. I don't know. I'd just right. get fired up too easy. Yeah. Just stuff like that. I don't, I'm never, you know, I didn't race him a whole lot. Just, you know, maybe a 125 national, but he was always like a class ahead of me. Like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't, but just local stuff I raced when he came back, but at the very end there and was racing, he'd kind of muddy creek and race and would battle yeah. out. And he was still fast and <laughs> you know, he didn't like beating him. If I, did, if I beat him or he beat me, it was just a battle. Right, yeah, the whole way, right? Um, yeah. uh, and then, uh, so PC, you ride there for two years, three years. Um, what about the, um, when you came back and you you, uh, you battled against Rhino? Um, I always remember that because you guys were battling it out. At high point, you hugged each other. It was a knockdown vet guy battle. You hugged each other. You said it was the greatest racing ever. And then Bud's Creek, you wanted to kill each other. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that was 2002. I think it was. Was sure. it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and then um, uh, like, I don't know what, what happened at, at Bud's that made him so mad or made you so mad. Because at high point, it was like just great battle by both of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think he had a hurt. I think then we went to, to Southwick and he hurt his Whatever year it was, he yeah. hurt his ankle. Remember, he broke. Yeah, he yeah, he had a head. he had a cast on for a while, an air cast or yeah. something. Yeah. Then I think we went. Then we went to Bud's Creek the week after a week, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was it was practice, and there's all the favorite practice guys, two fifty in the in the one twenty fives, and we're out in practice, and I was trying to follow Ricky and just to follow his lines and try to stay with him and go mm-hmm. as fast as I can, and we came up near the old start line up the hill back in the back back there. And yeah. What I'm thinking now, whatever happened, I feel like Ryan was just trying to get in between us or race with me or whatever, and he came in front of me and roosted me. So we get to the top of the hill, and <laughs> he goes outside, and I cut across into him. And I mean, now it's just stupid. You know, I could have hurt him and hurt yeah, him. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I hit him hard, harder than I ever hit anybody, and I shouldn't have done it. Probably it was stupid. And after that, you know, I knew it was going to be it was on. or whatever that happened after. You know, I look back on that. That was stupid on my part. And yeah. I should have. That's recent. That's yeah, where it was good. And, um, you know, people don't realize that you had a shot at defending your title. You were you were doing pretty well. You're right there in, in the mix, and then Washugal, you hit that guy. Right? Who'd you hit? No, no, no. I went over the right step up before the big horsepower. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. I think somebody crashed there this year doing the same thing, kind of like kind of scrubbing catch your wheel on the top, and it high in me. And yeah, I went back. Oh, you goes behind Stewart. You know, Stewart was first, now the second. Uh, and up, and I don't know, Kevin and flagged her. I don't know if he's out or whatever. I don't know if he had on. I just like, well, he was wide open, you know, you land on the hill to go up the hill, and I was just yeah. standing there in the middle of the track, just freaking I, straight on. That's it. You got, right yeah, yeah, you got hit. That's okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that was, it was ugly. Was oh. Uh, and then, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, uh, too bad, uh, of a title defense. Like you said, you're going up against, uh, Stewie and these guys and, you know, but I remember thinking to myself, yeah, he's hanging in there. Like he's hanging in there for this title. So it wasn't a bad yeah. year. Um, I think that's Stuart crashed at the Supercross and we got a head start on him. I think it was on the point. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think you're right. When he came back, and then, you know, I think if I'd have not crashed, maybe I could have won the championship, but yeah. I didn't, so. Yeah. That's it. Um, hey, why were you, there's no doubt, if there's a Mike Brown list of things he's great at, uh, 125 Nationals would be in the top, and 125 Supercross would be under that, and 250 Outdoors and 250 Supercross would be under that. Although you were a great rider in those classes, main event guys and good finishes, don't get me wrong, you never achieved greatness on the bigger bike that you did on the smaller bike. Why do you think that was? Was there a reason? I mean, when I first started, I arm pump. I always had arm, arm pump my whole life. I still get it, and I've always had it. Mm-hmm. When I'd get there, I just don't think I was strong enough or whatever the reason was back then. I couldn't, I never could get on with it. I don't know yeah. why. I just, yeah. I think now, if it was back to 250, I could do it. Right. I'd ride the 450, you know, so like a beast compared to those things. And I don't know. I just never was comfortable on the bike. Yeah. the 250. And I just think that's it. I mean, I, I love Supercross and yeah. all that in a small bike, but the big bike just didn't work out for me for some reason. And I, yeah. I think that's why you know, my career is up and down, going to Europe, going back, because I just never could get the results on that thing. Yeah, and it's weird, like because you, you don't see that in our sport. If you're great on one bike, you're great on another bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Alessi yeah. might be one guy who is noticeably better outdoors than Supercross, but generally speaking, guys are, who are yeah. great on small bikes are great on big bikes, great indoors and out. And you were one guy that was a little different that way. So. Yeah, I just never could get the big bike dialed in for me, I don't think. Um, after Mitch, you went to YLT, right? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at this point, Phil was having issues. The team was kind of a shadow of its former self, right? I mean, kind of, and I mean, you obviously, you know, you were friends with Phil and, uh, he's passed on and mm-hmm. he had issues that he couldn't overcome. It had to kind of like, you were like, what happened to this team while I was gone? Yeah, I mean, I had a two-year contract when I went there in 04 and 05, but like I said, 04 didn't go very good, and I wasn't happy the way the situation was at Hunt Yamaha Choi, and I didn't want to be a part of that. And yeah. Got out of my contract and went back to Europe. You know, I just... Yeah. I, yeah. I had an offer to go back to Europe and had nothing else here, so I went back to Europe in 05. Yeah. Did you, did you ever try to help Phil? Did you ever try to, like... I mean, was it sad to see at times? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would be... I mean, everybody knew what happened. Yeah, I mean, you'd be sitting there talking to him, and in two seconds he'd be like sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, and I just, I didn't really ever try because I didn't know what to say to you know. I'm a right. quiet guy. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I just didn't know if it's my business to do it, and I should have. But right. I'm sure other people felt on like Keo. You know, he's he was great at that. I just, yeah, yeah. It was bad to see. I Dean too. I think Dean tried. Dean tried to help him yeah. too. You know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's a guy that, you know, gave you a big jump in your career in the mid-90s, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, you want to re- repay him or whatever. Um, yeah, no. I... Your year you came back on the Privateer Honda, that was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good, Brownie. Um, it was a nice comeback for you. Uh, now you're on a four-stroke and uh, um, yeah. doing well with that. A little bit of controversy, though, with your motors. Mitch was doing your motors. You weren't too pumped on that. Do you want to – what happened there? What 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 What, what went on with that? I mean, I don't know. I, I was winning the series. I went to Bud's Creek, and I won there, both motos, or one overall or whatever. And, you know, he said send all the engines back. He had new stuff to put in them. We had a two-week break, and I just sent the stuff back to him and, you know, went to Bread Bud the next race, and I just went out to practice, and I didn't feel like the engines were very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I came in and asked Mitch right after the first practice. Corey Shea, the mechanic, I said, maybe you can ask Mitch and see if you can look at it. He came over and looked in the head, the valves and all that, and checked everything and put it back and went back out for practice. And then the bike just didn't feel good. It mm-hmm. didn't feel fast, and it could have been me. It could have been whatever. Yeah. I, at this point, I didn't know. I think, man, I'm freaking not riding very good. I took right. good starts. Yeah. Just the whole thing. I was still standing at Ricky's. I was doing the whole thing. I, I was doing it all right for myself. Mm-hmm. I get to the race on the weekend, and it wasn't going very good. So went on to the next race, same thing, next race, same thing, and, Went to Washugo, same thing, and just after the race, um, somebody from another team, I, I ain't going to say the name because yeah. it's a big guy and I don't want to yeah, yeah. troubles or it probably won't be, but came over to me and said, I know what's going on. You need to go speak to Mitch and get it sorted out. 
you huh. know, before the motocross nations for the, for you, for your series here yeah. and all that. And, um, I yeah. did that. So I took the, the bikes straight from Washougal, drove on the pro circuit and put them on the dyno and they, and they were slower than what Mitch thought they should be. So uh-huh. put them on the dyno, got them back to where they were. He said, I went testing them at Glen Helen on Thursday and then back to Millville, I think it was the next race and get to Millville and, we left all the engines at Pro Circuit when the mechanic left, and he's going to ship in the Millville. So we did that at uh-huh. the Millville, and it just same. wasn't working. I don't know. The Jeez. box felt the same. felt like yeah. no power. Just there. I don't. I mean, it's over now. I don't want to cause no more troubles. Or right, right. It doesn't really care for me now for all that. And, but I just feel like the engines wasn't compete with other guys. It wasn't yeah. the same stuff as I had it earlier in the year. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a weird deal for sure. And you were named to the Dis nations team and then you kind of were pulled off of it, which had to have been heartbreaking for you. Oh, for sure. That was probably the biggest thing. It's yeah, that was bad. That was bad. This thing. I think it's ever happened to me to really huh? to go that close. Yeah. The 2001 and then 2005, I should have went. And then, it was all to do with the engine thing, you know. They thought I couldn't do the job on like a private tour bike, and yeah. Honda would not help me with another bike. You know, I had to have my engine and all that stuff, and yeah, yeah, that's another bad thing that Honda wouldn't step up and you know, right. like Andrew Short was hurt that year, and they still wouldn't help me any, and it was yeah, that's weird. It's it's a, it's political, as you well know. At this, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, are, were you a little hurt at Ricky over that too? A little bit, but you know, it's you got to look out for yourself. I'd have been probably the same way. You want to go over there, and you got to have the best equipment. You want to win. You don't want to go there and, and get beat. And mm-hmm. and that's time I was because I thought, man, maybe he'll step up and you know let me and, and he'll push for me to be on the team. Right. And, you know that I looked at it. If I went over there and not didn't do good, the bikes were no good or whatever, and then yeah. it was, it'd be all on me. And you know, I didn't. Well, I didn't want that to hold for ever. You know, and yeah. I guess it's best, but you know they've done what they did, and and uh, you know it was good. And a lot of it too was the AMA guy too. I don't know who it was that year, the big guy. Oh, Whitelock, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't. I don't know. Yeah, he prayed a lot now. He still he prayed still doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not. I mean, you're a guy. You're soft spoken, but you also are a guy that not a lot of bullshit with you. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like you're pretty much you know whatever kind of call it as you see it. Um, yeah, that sucks. Cause yeah, you were supposed to go in one and of course nine eleven happened. So, yeah. you know, that's twice that you got kind of robbed of, you know, what many think and what you can argue is the greatest honor in motocross. You know. Yeah. No, the one would have been awesome if we could have went there, especially that track. You know, that been. Yeah. That place. I mean, I I ended up getting a race there after you know oh eight or oh nine whenever I raced there. And that was. Yeah. It was good to say I raced there on that track. Right. Um. What was. What was the rock star Bill's Pipe Suzuki team like, Brownie? We Wygant and I make jokes all the time. You got Mills, Hamblin, J Law, and Mike Brown. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, I think we I should have stayed on my own team. <laughs> you know, we, Jeff and Bill are the awesome. They're like the nicest guys, probably in racing. If you ever met them, they're super guys. Yeah, I never, you know, and I felt bad for those guys because they just got through this money. Yeah. Through this truck, you know, the whole thing, and they didn't really understand the whole, I mean, like, you know what I mean? They right, didn't, right. Uh, yeah, they just wasn't ready for it. And I felt bad for those guys because their name's on the line of Bill's Pipes and this yeah. and that. And, it, uh, and the, I couldn't finish the race on the 250S. No. On the track it. They were terrible. They were, I mean, they weren't good bikes anyways. They were the Suzuki Cowie things, and they were not good. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, And then, no, you know. That was a mistake. We we kind of think there should be a book written about that team that year because there must have been some 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 money wasted and off track stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, my, and you were the whole thing was wasted. Yeah, whatever the budget was was wasted. Yeah, yeah, really. Right when you think about what the budget was, um, no, yeah. like the last few races we didn't have no parts for the bikes, so then we broke so many. Like, <laughs> Lawrence is racing two fifty F. I was on two fifty F. I think Hamlin. I think he's on four fifty. Yeah, one bike that could have been on, and it was just every week. Like I went to Bud's Creek and did both practices and then couldn't do the race because I have no engines left because they both broke. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. The next week, I think I was on a 450 and 
finish the year on a 450. Right. One one of the yeah, you got didn't you get third in a moto at Steel City or something? Uh, but uh, Millville, Millville mud racer, that everybody, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're 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 always just one of these things isn't like the other. Mike Brown, Jason Lawrence, Hamblin, Mills. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been looking around, going, "What did I get myself into? What happened here?" Oh no, I know. I was like that before I even did it, but I did. Yeah, yeah. You made, I mean, you made some money, I'm sure. So that that part's good. Having your whole team, having your own team, was hard. Like some like reading them, having your yeah. own team, it must be so yeah. expensive. It's hard, you know. Like I did it more. Myself and and a mechanic is about all, and you know, Reed's got some way to help him. But oh. just the money I spent in ten races or twelve races is unreal. Brown, he's got like 15, he's, he's got like fifteen dudes running around, all like high profile guys. You know, like, I know. I mean, that's that makes some serious. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, that's some serious money. No, for sure, it's it's nuts. Um, uh, hey, so you've got so many races under your belt so give me a couple of your best ever races is there a couple that stand out or one that stands out where you were just untouchable is there is there is there I'll say the year the first year that i rode i won washugo on the private on the honda troy yeah that was a, a good race and i came i wrecked on the start on the where the old start used to be you yep. go up in that tabletop on the right right there right like the first lap whatever i went off the track and went through the fence and then the spectators <laughs> picking my bike up and i came from i think dead last to, to pass steve lampson through the whoops or the finish line from and uh, that was a good race for me like i was yeah yeah i'd be different if i wasn't like a a well-known guy then you know mm-hmm. what i mean i was just kind of mike brown racing and, and to do that with some of the guys on the track it was it was good but that was a good one mm-hmm. uh, Dang, for sure, the last race that I won the championship because Langston got a good start the last moto. I crashed on the start, and yeah. I was thinking, for sure, when I wrecked this, it's over now. You might as well just ride it in for a second. But, right. you know, how it all happened out, that was, that was, I mean, that would probably never happen to nobody again in the lifetime of racing, oh, it's, how it worked out. Yeah, it's an epic, epic story, you know what I mean? Like, epic, epic uh, motocross yeah. legend, you know, what happened. So, mm. um. Favorite track ever? What's your besides Muddy Creek? Muddy Creek doesn't count. Yeah. Um, uh, besides that, Red Bud, probably Red Bud, I guess. Would yeah. Be my favorite one. Yeah. Um, do you plan? Do you plan on doing? You you want to do? Um, you want to do but uh, Muddy Creek this year? Um, anything else? Would you do? I know you came out a few years ago, and man, you you, you and John Dowd put on a hell of a show there. Um, but uh, any other plans to do anything else? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't really ask them very much. I mean, they let me do kind of whatever. Right. I would like to do Red Bud again. I could do Muddy Creek, Red Bud, and maybe Washugo. Those three. What about one more Supercross brownie? Just line it up. Oh, I think I, if I stay out this year, I can move back to the 250F class. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Did you? I don't know if you. I don't know if you happen to see the 250E series last year after all the injuries. I got you in a top yeah. five spot right now. For sure. So, um, I would be just to do that, but uh, no, I never heard the end of it if I did it. Oh, I, I know. They all was a mountain bike ride. I was thinking, man, I'll stay out this year. Because I was thinking about last year, they asked me, did I want to do Loretta Lens? Uh huh. And, uh, and I, I couldn't do it because I called to see if I could do it. They said, no, you got to set out another year or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. But anyways, I was thinking today if I could bust it up, finish out this year, and didn't do anything, I'd do the Supercross. But no. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> Um, what do you think of when you see the number three out there on Tomac's bike? You okay with that? Or is, is enough time gone by? Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, it's good. He's a good rider. He's a great kid. He's, yeah. No, it's nothing big. You know, I had it for long enough. and Yeah. Somebody's going to have it one day anyway, so it's good to have him have it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, he's a good representative of the number, right? And when you look at it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good, yeah. Your biggest rival. Your biggest rival in, throughout your career. I mean, God, you raced every class all over the world, but is there one guy that you bang bars with the most? Probably Ron Hughes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just <laughs> uh, Yeah, because if you really think about it, you guys are right in the same era, 125s and then 250s and all that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, like Loretta Lynn's. We met through Loretta Lynn's battling, and, you know, it was always, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's always been there. And you know, like I said, I'm still friends with him. I talk to him. I don't have no nothing against him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just racing, and you know, he was always 
a hard competitor. Um, any regrets about the, 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 the block pass on Kelly Smith at New Orleans in 01? No? <laughs> I'm sure you don't even remember. Oh. I'm just, I don't remember that. Oh, Brownie, you parked him. And I'm like, why? You're both yeah. in qualifying position. Why did you do that, Brownie? <laughs> oh, funny. Good times. Um, uh, well, hey, uh, uh, thanks for doing this, man. I, I can't believe we did it. It's amazing. It's amazing I got you on the phone for 54 minutes. I can't believe it. Okay. What did I do before? I thought I did one with you and Kenny Watson. What was that I did a long time ago? Oh, we did a pulp show, just like a 20-minute little thing where we did like a live show, you know? Um, yeah, I thought that's what this was. Or I thought that's what we're doing again. No. I have done one again, but it's different. No, this is a total podcast career. Different deal. Different deal. Um, yeah. um, and Because I wanted to devote more time. Mike Brownie's longer than 20 minutes, you know, or whatever we were talking about back then. I don't even know. Remember, hey, Mike, Kenny Watson was your goggle guy for a while. Oh, no, Kenny Watson's good. He used to hate me. Why? Why did he hate you? Because <laughs> he's a smart aleck to me. One time was that was that guy Cooper's. And oh, I heard this story. I yeah. You. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, I'm excited by what we were doing, and he said something. I don't know. Yeah, you guys were playing a video game. He said something, and then you got, were fight. And Swink was like telling you to finish Kenny, like finish him, finish him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brian Agnon. Fucking punch! Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Punch him! Punch him! <laughs> <laughs> but no, Kenny's good. And, He's awesome. And he probably had a pink hair. Watson had pink hair at this time. We're working for Deegan or whoever. So, yeah, um, yeah, he was your goggle guy. That's amazing. Um, good times back then. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you for doing this. Uh, you know, like I said, fantastic career. It, it's got the second part of your career is maybe even better than the first part. You know, and. That was pretty amazing. You've shown an incredible resilience. Uh, Europe and back and racing any size bikes, any teams, and you know enjoying success. And a lot of guys would have quit. Well, you did for a bit. Uh, um, and, and it's just a real great career and, and, a, and a perseverance and on all that, man. Seriously, it's a, it's impressive. And, and thank you for doing this. Well, thank you very much, Stephen. I'm sorry it's been so long, man. Like, I'm <laughs> quiet. I hate talking, but you you're doing a good job with me. <laughs> hey, actually. Uh, um, now that I think about it, I probably saw your last ever Supercross race in Geneva, right? Because uh, did you go yeah, back? Did you go back? I don't think so. I think that was it. That's it. I ain't been there no more. Yeah. So I saw your last ever Supercross race. Keep Eric to have me back, but the last time you see me, last time I had that freaked out. About, thought I was dying over there. Yeah, I don't know what that was, Brownie. I don't know what that was. Oh you, you did you ever figure it out? Did you ever like? Like was it just a? No, it was just anxiety. Yeah. I had a panic attack or something. I haven't had it since. Well, you had crashed earlier that day, and I was always thinking to myself, I wonder if he hit his head, like if he's okay, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It started after we ate dinner that night, though. Oh, was that it? We okay. ate that night. I was going back. I don't know. I drink a Coke. I don't ever drink that, and I drink it, and I think it just triggered something. Right. I don't know what happened. Hey, I had, the same, I, I had the same thing happen to me, Brownie, and I, I told uh, Eric this story earlier. I was working at Yamaha, and I was yeah. a factory Yamaha guy. I was three or four months into the job, and I, I was everything was great, no problems, whatever, just getting ready for the season. And I had, mm-hmm. and I was working in the shop, and I was like panicking that I was going to get fired. That that everybody who walked Keith McCarty, Jimmy Perry, I'm like they're going to fire me. I don't know what's happening. I never did anything to do this, but I had like yes. a panic attack. Yes. I could not figure it out. My heart was racing. I was sweating. Yes. It was yeah, the weirdest same. thing ever, Brownie. It's never it happened to me that one time. Never happened to me again. So, yeah, that's all mine was. Like, right. You can control it now. If I still get anxiety a little bit sometimes, and my harder race up to probably eighty or whatever, but yeah. now I can c- control it. I know what's going on. Yeah, and you're then like I didn't. Right. Worse and worse, and I just like overreacted and thought I was done. That's it was bad. I don't wish it on nobody. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, I just thought maybe it was related to your crash that you had done or something, but, yeah, but anyways, it was good to hang out with you that weekend, and, and like I said, I got to see your yeah. last Supercross race, so, and you were, like, fourth and fifth and sixth place guy, like, it was nothing, you were already done yeah. by then, it wasn't anything, you know, yeah. where you were, like, brutal or nothing, so, um, like, btosports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing, Mike Brown, uh, thank you again, and I don't know where I'll run into you, probably in Cross somewhere, or maybe, maybe Muddy Creek, but, uh, always good to you see you. Supercross this weekend? Yeah, you going? Yeah, I'll huh. be there, yeah. I'll probably see you there then. Perfect. Right, well, thank you. Thanks again, Brownie. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 
This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over five hundred more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.